10 minutes, 10 days, 10 actions is brought to you by Two Summit Up. Expert sales tips and advice provided in a structured, bite-sized way for only £97. Learn how to improve your processes with 10-minute podcasts provided each day for 10 days, which you can listen to from the comfort of your own home, office or whilst out and about. For more information, visit twosummitup.co.uk forward slash 10 actions. You're listening to Go Fish, exclusively on the pod station. Welcome everyone to episode 24 of the Goldfish Marketing Podcast, where each week we cover a topic within the marketing genre, which will hopefully help you make better use and fully maximize your marketing budget. My name is Mark Pollard. My business is Funky Vibes Marketing. Joining me this week, as always, are my fellow co-hosts. We have uh, Elaine Atherton from To Sum It Up. Hi, Elaine. Hi. Great to be here this week. <laughs> Elaine laughs nervously because you've had a bit of a bugger of a day, haven't you, Elaine? I have a feel I need to share if, a little bit, of if that's okay. Well, we I could... was hacked today. I was being hacked. In all the years of being in business, I've never been hacked, but I was hacked on my Instagram and um, email. All sorted now, but it, it was a little bit of a, a bit of a shaky start to the day. But, you know, it's okay now. It is horrible. I, I I did many, many years ago have someone who sent a phishing email out from one of my work email addresses. This is going back about six or seven years ago. And I had pretty much every it was they must have gone through every contact in me in my email list and sent this email to everybody. So I went into a meeting an hour later I came out and there must have been about four hundred emails in my inbox of people going did you send this mark what do you want mark is there anything we can do mark oh when i clicked on it mark it asked me for a password what should i do oh my god the uh, the hours you spend trying to unfix these if you're yeah. somebody who does this and you're listening to this show quite frankly stop it and get something proper yeah. to do crying yeah. out loud <laughs> yeah anyway get off our soapbox eh, elaine that's the one, that's the one. Well, we're glad to know that everything is fine now. Everything is always fine with this gentleman because he just rolls with the punches because that's the kind of guy that he is. It is our other fellow co-host. It's Chris Roxborough from My Marketing Guy. Hello, Mr. Roxborough. Hello, Mark. Hello, Elaine. Um, <clears throat> good to uh, good to be recording another one of these. Looking forward to to hearing what our guest has to say today. I haven't had a bad day so far, so uh, you know I'm looking forward to this podcast. Well, Chris, is, uh, if you if you're planning on going and watching a big blockbuster film, uh, don't speak to Chris because Chris has obviously just dropped an enormous spoiler there. 
by letting on that we have a guest on the show today. Uh, indeed, we do have a guest. You're absolutely right, Chris. Um, Didn't say who. <laughs> uh, we, we, we like to bring experts uh, from different fields or certainly fields from outside of our areas of expertise because it's a lot easier to cover a topic when you know what you're talking about. So we have drafted in the expertise of Graham Dodd from the Letterbox Consultancy. Graham, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, Pleased to participate. Uh, what is it we're going to be talking about with you? Because I, I didn't let on. I, I didn't want to drop another spoiler on the way. Okay, so my my agency specialises in what the industry calls door drop marketing, which is effectively the delivery of unaddressed promotional material that we will all receive through our letterboxes primarily through Royal Mail, so it actually comes with your address mail. And our specialist subject, if you like, is targeting how to reach the best parts of, of anywhere in the UK to answer any particular brief that a client gives us. And Chris, uh, Graham is is your contact and, and, and your guest. Uh, what particular did you feel made this topic something that was worthwhile for our listeners to, to learn about? Well, I, I've known Graham for probably over 30 years now, and I, I know he likes to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as topics are concerned, we, we tend to stick with with the what's loosely called new media, with digital and so on and so forth. And I, I spent a lot of time in the same industry with, with Graham uh, in direct marketing, and I, I think it was. I think it's good to to hear from the traditional uh, traditional media uh, every now and again. It still works. I'm sure we'll hear that from Graham later on. It's it's a numbers game, just like just like social media is a numbers game, and email marketing is. So, you know, th- those principles are still the same. And I, it would, it's going to be interesting for listeners to hear something just a little bit a little bit different to what we normally talk about so graham uh, chris has described it as traditional and and certainly from sort of my generation not to point out that i'm the youngest uh, on this uh, podcast you. Uh, <laughs> but you know i am uh, it is uh, it's something for me that seems to have been something that came before what i now term as being the main marketing tools uh, but I guess over certainly over recent times, it's actually become a bit more current, a bit more relevant, a bit more useful. I mean, I guess for the benefit of my generation and younger, why would people want to use that that form of marketing? Well, I think I think probably the best and the most recent example is Boris's letter that we would have all received several months ago now that was effectively delivered to, there are something like just over 29 million homes in the UK. Boris delivered a letter, or the Royal Mail, the Royal Mail delivered the letter. He was but... tired by the end of that week, wasn't he, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was nowhere to be seen. His tongue was dry from licking all them stamps. Yeah, um, but I mean, and the letter was obviously, well, it wasn't stamped, that's the key thing. It was just, it was just a, a letter placed in, inside an envelope with a tagline which is designed to make us all open it because it contains important communications. And so that's, that's probably the, the best, this year's best example of somebody seeking to engage with everybody in, in an area, obviously the biggest area he can. And 
you know, I obviously appreciate, you know, you know, the, the joys of social media and social I I've got phones, I'm on the internet, same as everybody else, and I receive all my emails, etc. Not everybody it has Wi-Fi, not everybody's on email, not everybody's got a mo a mobile phone. Yes, the majority have. And and it's quite interesting that where Chris and I have shared discussions with our friends over the last few months, the number of COVID-related distributions that we've completed for, we didn't complete the government job, unfortunately, but for, for I would imagine every local and regional council has done at least one COVID distribution since the end of March, and some of them have done three or four. So it's it's a powerful way, if, if you get... When, I, I, you know, if you're sitting in your office today, when you get home, there's an envelope on your doormat tonight saying important documentation inside. You will pick it up and open it. It's and it's as simple as that. Whether you read it all is 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 possibly a slightly different issue, but it's in, it's engaging with everybody and it's strong and it's powerful in that way. Sorry, just bear with me a sec. Well, I must be going well. The host disappeared. <laughs> Graham, it's been interesting, hasn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got my window open and it kept on blowing on my door. So I thought you were checking your doorstep to see if no. there was an important. Yeah, yeah. He got all excited there. Every, every yeah. time, the, every time the wind blew, the door was banging on the latch. So apologies. Um, no so uh, when you're talking about that. The examples you've just given then, Graham, are really good examples of effective direct marketing or sort of direct contact with people using something that, that lands on your doorstep and is going to read. I guess one of the, the main things that people would associate with that type of marketing are, are the junk mail leaflets and, and, and the, the sort of the swathe of, of pamphlets that come through, which which people don't then read or use your example is a great example of one which people probably would use do you find there's a really fine line between which category people conclude they fall into yeah i mean i think i think i think it's um it's almost like one man's junk is another man's dream yeah i mean i i don't actually ever remember domino's pizzas as a as a big national example deliver hundreds of millions of leaflets a year. It's never persuaded me to buy a pizza from Domino's because I buy my pizzas from the local Italian who delivers and it's a better pizza. But Domino's wouldn't be delivering hundreds of millions of leaflets a year if it wasn't working. And I think it's a good question that sort of takes us into the, the sort of the targeting arena. And, and as Chris will know, one of our specialities is, is targeting leaflets into... We work at postal sector level, so my postal sector is EN89. And we can, based on a whole range of data that's available to us, we can target distribution. So people like the pizza companies or anybody like Deliveroo or Just Eat or anybody like that, they'll all have a radius from a central point that is effectively the dry time of a moped. And, and you just target that area. So if you're getting a leaflet, it's saying that, um, it's in Heswell or wherever it may be. It's local to them, so that it, whilst there will be wasted within that, obviously there's going to be people that don't buy. But it's one of the most interesting things is that we, you know, probably something we'll draw out probably as we go through. One one of one of our our greatest skills is taking people's customer data 
And it's amazing the number of clients that we deal with that A, don't know what their primary target market is, and B, doesn't know actually where they live and guess at where, what they think they want to do. And it's, it's our, our skill is sharpening that up and trying to minimise the wastage. I think it's an interesting point, that, because it t- takes us back to something we discuss almost every week, and that's know your client. And you, you, you go on, not go on, you, you talk about this on a regular basis, don't you, Elaine? <laughs> I bang that drum on a regular basis. And, and just listening, that's really interesting for me to listen to what you were saying then, uh, Graham, because exactly the same thing came into my head as Chris obviously anticipated. It's, you know, whichever medium we use, it's far better to speak to 10 people who want more you've got than 100 who don't and you know so being targeted is is really key isn't it so i suppose one thing that which if you don't mind i'll ask the question now because it popped into my head is uh cause I'm fascinated in this because obviously your example with boris so that's like a, a mailing isn't it and then of course you've got your your free well as we what we consider you know it's like a free flyer through your door isn't it so yeah and um, and that's I suppose what I don't know whether people realise how targeted they are. I think most people think, oh, it goes through every door. But what you're saying, that's not actually the case, is it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think one of one of my biggest local department stores has been a client of ours for probably 20 years. And obviously under a signed NDA, they share all of their customer data with us. So we we know where their clients live because they share their postcodes with us. So it's the full postcode, which is the EN898U uh, unit. So we know exactly where they live. They also share um, their spend with us. So uh, we can then analyze the value of, of, of any one postal sector in terms of how much has been spent in the last year in, in the store. And going back to my point about client knowledge, that this particular client uh, had a, had a had a fixation that that his core target market was basically affluent ABC ones in the traditional sense, who lived within a thirty minute drive time of the store. Now the store is actually a mile north of Junction Twenty Five on the M Twenty Five, and when when we did the analysis, as you would expect, that the, the the range of people is actually that much bigger because the M25 facilitates people driving, just coming off the M25 and, and going to the store. And there were fascinating things that came out of it, like like five of his top 10 sectors in terms of value, of sales value, were outside of his 30-minute drive time. So had we just stuck to, this is what I want you to do, we wouldn't be distributing to his most valuable sectors. And that that's, that's the key part. And, and interestingly, the, 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 the sector that's closest to the store's location in terms of where they're located is not included on the drop because <laughs> in their main store, their spend is quite low. But if we do something in what they call their budget store, it's quite high. So we deliver a different leaflet to the budget store and, and, and work it and, and plan it like that. Yeah, fascinating. I think, think that's, uh, that's a really good example. Graham, would you just uh, explain the, the difference between the full postcode sector in terms of numbers, which I, I understand to be about 15, and, yeah, and, there's, and, and you, the postcode, yeah, the, the you, postcode you, sector? That's right. I mean, you work, you work up from the smallest unit is a postcode unit, uh, which is the EN898U, as far where, where I am. And that's, as you rightly say, that's on average about 15 households. 
your, your next step up is to work to a postal sector. And there are more than 9,000 postal sectors in the UK. One of the things I always say to friends, if you ever get on Mastermind or anything like that, you get a postcode question, you ring, I'll be your friend and you can <laughs> ring me and ask, ask me a question. But there are something like 9,000 postal sectors in, in, in the UK. They average about 3,000. But the variance is massive. I mean, you guys will know, or your, your listeners will know, most of the post, post, co, postal sectors in Liverpool are actually literally hundreds, you know, and sometimes yeah. are not a hundred. Yeah. There is a postal sector in Hull that's got 15,000 homes in. There is no, there's no rhyme or reason or conformity to the size of postal mm-hmm. sectors. But on average, it's about 3,000. And that, that's the unit that door drops are generally planned at because Royal Mail as the biggest final mile supplier, only work at postal sector level. So that, that, that's, that's how we plan the activity. Uh, when you say targeting, because, of course, you've just referenced then a, a, a large client who probably has a lot of client data or customer data that will allow for them to segment it or provide you with the information that you need to go away and do that. What about perhaps a smaller outfits who won't necessarily have that information what are the ways in which they can do a targeted approach? It's rare for most most of our clients do have access to their post their clients' postcode data. I think it's important to, to emphasize as well, because like, I listened to one of your recent podcasts when you had your GD, GDPR man on. The postcode unit, the unit of 15 households, is is compliant with GDPR. It's exempt from GDPR in reality. Because you, your your personal postcode, as we said, will be shared with another fourteen households. So any any customer who shares your data because you've bought the product or used the service is not sharing any confidential information in any way because it's your one of fifteen in households that 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 could have bought the product or used the service. So there, there isn't a problem with doing that. And, and, and most do. I mean, there there are obviously we do get inquiries come through where. People literally send us images of maps where they've circled an area that they want to distribute to because that they believe that that's the area. They may have to. I mean, we have done work for people like Thames Water in days gone by when there's been a water main burst or something. It's going to, and the road's going to be dug up for God knows how long. Um, and they want to emerge, and you just get a map sent to you, which can, which is really something out of a children's sketchbook. And you need to convert that to a street plan and then quantify how many leaflets needed to cover all of those roads. So it can be it can be as Heath Robinson as that. But most most people now have, will have that data, partly because obviously so so many transactions are, are on are online or by credit card. Rather, you know, the cash is, dis- is disappearing from our, our world, isn't it? So, um, if, if if they don't if they don't have it anywhere else, they'll probably have it. It will be transactional data more than anything else. And what sort of have you ever done any direct marketing before, Elaine? Either in your current guise or in your your past life. Oh, in my past life, yeah, um, definitely, because network marketing companies do a lot a lot of it. And so some of the sort of, you know, what Graeme's saying, yeah, because I'd relate to, to, you know, how they, they split it and whether it's, like it's demographics or, you know, the whole load of things. So, yeah, we did have it in a number of companies that I worked for that they, they used it. And clearly they, it obviously worked because they kept doing it. So it wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't have kept happening. 
Um, for me personally, no, I haven't. But then, you know, my audience is different now, I suppose. So it wouldn't, because I don't think it, it's necessarily the route for me to go. But I absolutely... You're, you're business to business, uh, Elaine. So yeah, it's not, exactly. Yeah, not I mean, particularly appropriate. No, no. Although, I mean, I've got to be honest, I am um, a believer in, you know, doing something different sometimes because, you know, particularly... I think current times have proved that a little bit, really, that we're all sitting at home more, not, you know, not quite as much, but we're still sitting at home, a lot of us. And if you get some, something, a really interesting mail uh, envelope through the post, you know, you are going to open it. You're absolutely right. And whether it's got importance, please read it. And you think, oh, my God, what have I done? Or it's a, this is intriguing. I'm going to open it. I think there, there is absolute merit um, in that um, and whether it's something that you touch your base with a, a client that you've not spoken to for a while I'm all for doing something different I think you alluded to something in the past Mark about something you you got didn't you in one of your previous jobs I did and, yeah uh, I did yeah and, and that was business to business as well I guess yeah yeah it is so I did was, was that direct That's mail though Mark or was it was it leaflet distribution because there, there is a there is a blurring of the lines with so many people direct mail is comes with the post with the royal mail with a stamp on or franked or whatever mm. but what graham is talking about is um, is is unaddressed mail for want of a better term and there are better terms but so but they both the confusing thing for a lot of people is these days both generally seem to arrive with the uh, with the Royal Mail, so you'll get your yeah, you you'll get your mail with a stamp on, and there'll be leaflets alongside often. The brain processes nearly ten thousand visual and oral cues per minute. As first impressions stick, make the customer see your business in the right way. Funky Vibes can ensure your vibes attract the right tribe with their marketing expertise, graphic design, bespoke websites, and social media packages. For more information or a no-commitment initial consultation, simply email your tribe at funkyvibe.co.uk. Well, let's clear that up then. Uh, When you were talking about the GDPR element and the postcode element, uh, were you referring to the direct mail, the Royal Mail delivery stuff, which would require a name, a full address, and a postcode, or are you talking about the 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 other type, which Chris has just mentioned there, which is sort of yeah, the stuff that comes it's, with it's it? The the, the unaddressed stuff is is, is unaddressed. It, you you can some leaflets you will get leaflets. British Gas are quite regular users of door drop. And they they tend to play with how they customise their leaflets, but you might you may well get a you can get a leaflet just comes through saying because you live in EN8 we're going to make you this special offer. I mean the reality is they're making the offer to every postcode they're delivering the leaflets to, but it might gives you that slightly warming feeling that it's a bit more personalised. But but you can you can as Boris's letter was you can you can do a generic salutation to the householder or the yeah. resident or anything like that. We do some work for a southern regional council in, in, in November of every year, which is about their Christmas refuse collection services where the days are going to change. So we, we actually put, we have to work to council boundaries and we put version leaflets into different, obviously, hopefully into the right council boundaries within the right. But the, the it goes out in an envelope and it's addressed to to the gardener or something like that. 
you know, so you you can you can put envelopes through that have a generic salutation, which doesn't which doesn't detract from your 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 claw drop classification, rather than as Chris rightly said, sending something to address to Chris Roxburgh. Yeah, that's the we can. There is a licensed door drop. Some door drop companies do have a license to deliver address material, but that's a very very small part of what yeah. the industry does. You know. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's not specific identifying no. stuff where where the GDPR comes in. Okay, no. uh, how do you measure the cost effectiveness of these sorts of projects then? Because of course it's not the the, the cost will be things like the production of the i the the leaflets or the letters or the contents that will be delivered. Then of course the delivery costs etc. As Elaine alluded to people keep on doing it and therefore it clearly works but how do you track that really different different people do it in different ways we do a lot of work for a variety of well-known charities and for two two or two of the big uk cancer charities we we actually arrange all of their uh, legacy door drops and they have a very specific target market which is quite elderly and quite affluent and and you could pretty much go along the south coast from Dover to to to, to Torquay and anywhere in between is is prime target market for for these sort of people. They only measure the success of a door drop by the value of the pledge. And again, it's another client where we have all data on an NDA and we see the value of the pledge. Some of the some of the pledges are mouthwatering. I have to, <laughs> I have to tell you in terms of size. So that they don't measure response in terms of how many responses they get. You could deliver a million leaflets if they only got 100 replies. If that 100 replies produced millions of pounds in donations, mm. as far as they're concerned, job done. If you deliver a money-off coupon off of, of, of a particular brand, we won an award in 2018 for Cushell Toilet Tissue, where we planned the distribution around major multiple outputs, the Tesco's, the Sainsbury's of this world, within a catchment area. And it was a, a two a two phase coupon. The first coupon was in was and they're both times coupons. One was to get you to go in and buy the product. And the theory is is the first coupon will always work well because it's a coupon off of what's a quite highly branded and costs more than normal toilet roll. And you predict a lower level of coupon redemption for the second phase because what the first phase has to work has to incentivize you that you lo- you end up liking Cashel. The second coupon effectively produced the same level of response as the first, which showed that that, that showed that it worked. It actually exceeded it, and it showed it worked. So that so FMCG companies will measure and, and and toilet rolls, coffee coupons, things like that will always produce a much higher redemption level than a toilet cleaner or something. Not everybody necessarily buys toilet cleaner. Um, that that type of thing with retailers, it, it will be different. The, do, the dominoes of this world will will measure it by the number of sales and the value of sales. As I said earlier on, my local department store again does it, but because we've been doing the work for twenty years, we've actually now got twenty years worth of data, um, and we can track the spend over a twenty-year period in terms of of what's happened. That will change. You have to take into account new housing developments and everything else of course but and, and a number of homes so there's different tricks that we we help clients with understand i mean 
if it, the, the, well, the analogy is is if 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 you've got a postal sector that's got three thousand homes in, and another postal sector's only got fifteen hundred homes, but they both have the same spend value as far as the retailer is concerned. The fifth, the house, the sector with fifteen hundred households is actually more valuable technically because there's fewer people spending the same amount of money. Yeah. It's that type of thing. That's where we add the science into it. You know? Yeah. Uh, Elaine, uh, how how effective is that kind of marketing for you personally when it comes through your door? Uh, are you a coupon person? Do you love a good coupon? You go rushing down to local Ooh. store to use it. I, I think it goes back to it's just as Graham said there. Really, what is it that you buy and what is it that you like? I'm, I wouldn't be the sort of person that would. Uh, I'd get a coupon, even if, no matter how good it was. If it wasn't something I would use, whatever, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be thinking, oh, I must use it because it's just amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like a, a bargain? And I think we are in the world now, aren't we, that there's more bargains and deals accessible than ever. So, without doubt, I, I can be the person. If something dropped through my door and it was a so much off something that you, you buy, I would, yeah, yeah like, oh, great, this is uh, this is a bonus. Yeah, that means I can buy some more wine. Money I'm saving. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think one of the one of the most interesting points there, Mark, is as well is if, if Elaine receives something through her door that she wouldn't buy because it's not a brand that she likes, and I'm sure Crab. Let me sorry, let me use Chris as an example because I've seen you know, the family better. If Chris got something through his door and he didn't like it, but he knew that Kate did, he would give the he would give the, he would give the coupon to Kate through his yeah. And one of one of the things that that sometimes it sometimes this actually comes in the form to us in, in the forms of a formal complaint. But and Chris will remember this from years gone by. Clients will say, "Are you sure you did the distribution in the right areas for me? Because I'm getting response from places that we you shouldn't have distributed the leaflet to." And and, and if if whatever the item is is, is capturing address data, which which is always a good idea on a door drop item to catch people's address data so you can add them to your database in some sort of way. You will always find any distribution, and it happens to us massively on charity work, where, where we get re responses from postal sectors that the leaflet's not even been distributed in. Yeah. And it's just because yeah. people pass them on. We, years ago, we used to do quite a lot of work for a high-end bathroom installation company whose speciality, again, was the elderly and, 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 and the affluent. And we're talking about things like walk-in baths and things like this and very high-priced high tickets things. And when we analysed, we, we started analysing data and, and we were getting response. It was all along the South Coast. And we were getting response that was from central London and the clients saying, what the hell is going on? Um, and in the end, we actually rang a few of the, the, the people who, who responded to find that it was actually elderly people living on the South Coast, sons and daughters living in London, who actually completed the transaction for them because the, old, the elderly person living in Bournemouth didn't want a high-pressure salesman coming to them trying to sell them a £10,000 bathroom. So in the end, we changed tack and we started we started analysing the data on the installation address rather than the sales point. You know, and it's you, that's the sort of thing that that can happen. You know, and my, my I have to say, my analogy has always been when a client says to me, "I've got a problem. I've got, I'm getting response from out of area." I, my first question is, "How big a problem is it if you're getting a response?" <laughs> yeah. 
very, that's a very good point, Chris. Uh, from your experience, uh, can we give some examples of some really effective campaigns that you've been involved in, so people can perhaps get a clearer idea of what it is we're talking about and how they can use it for their businesses specifically. I'm not going to name names. No, but, of course. Um, the, there was a there was a retail department store who <clears throat> changed their entire marketing strategy on the basis of something like a 12 million 12 million leaflet drop. They'd previously been advertising in the regional press and the national press. And after two of these distributions, door-to-door distributions, they they pulled all the national and regional press, which made uh, which made us very popular with uh, with the friends that Graham and I meet on a on a Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday evening because they're all members of the regional press. But but no, I mean that 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 was a, a highly successful uh, highly successful door drop campaign that that changed the way they saw marketing. For a number of years, I mean, nothing's forever, and yeah. you know there was grant, there was a change in marketing manager or marketing director. Perhaps the leafleting got got a little bit stale and samey, and and things changed again. But it there was a good few years of those those big volumes. So that was that was one of them. Yeah, and but, I think so, I think the, the other thing as well, Mark, is is that that this is not this is not necessarily. It, it, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a small or a large client. But if I go back to the Cashel example again, the coupon distribution we did was integrated with a TV campaign, and and so for two weeks before the door drop started, we were all seeing the company Koala appear on our TV screens, endorsing the product benefits and everything else. And then when you've got this cuddly koala in your mind, this leaflet, cut, die-cut leaflet in the shape of a cuddly koala appears on, on your letterbox or through your letterbox onto your doormat. And the integration will suddenly, oh, I've seen that on the TV. Here's a 50p coupon. I'll go out and use it. So th- there are a lot of people, some of the examples I've already given you, like a smaller local client, probably won't use TV. He might use radio. Although, I mean, obviously with Sky Smart's changing it the way that it sells yeah. tv advertising yeah. that you know radio is but but even for people we've got a, we've got a couple of small local clients that that, that we work with who, who who do a lot of activity that's tend that's traditionally been facebook orientated because that's where they get a lot of their custom from and having convinced them to going back to where we were a while back of sharing their data with us whenever they whenever they they put something new on facebook we now follow up the distribution in those areas the week after they've gone onto Facebook. So it acts as a trigger to where did I see that before? I've seen that already. And and so so there are most most major clients will use and, and the, the cancer charities obviously I was talking about earlier on will be all over T V at the time that the leaflet is dropping. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. How do people use this to their advantage? Uh, because we've we've obviously touched on the the junk mail feelings. From oh, don't say don't say junk. Uh, no, don't say junk. No, 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 no. It's not a nice word, Mark. Well, it's not. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not un- unadra- unaddressed mail. Well, well, you you I would put this in. We're, we're going to leave this in because we've got our boxing oh, yes, gloves we, on oh, now. We are. Because um, it's 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 not a case of what you call it. It's how it's potentially perceived, and both the media 
uh, certainly when you see these the news articles or or sections on the news they make reference to these i'm thinking quite a few years ago when they were talking about the volume that people receiving and sort of the effects on the environment for recycling and the like. And then of course you've got the perception of those people who may have seen that where it's still so like, for example, for me, I don't tend to read those things. In fact, to a degree, I don't particularly read the ones that land into my, my inbox in my emails. I'd, I qualify some of them as junk mail as well. It's, it, it is, it's stuff I don't want to see. And therefore for me, it's rubbish. It's junk. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's not necessarily meant as a derogative term for any particular marketing type, but what I guess what we're saying is, and again, an element of segmentation comes down to this, is finding what is going to hit the right spots for the right people in the right way so that you don't end up delivering a load of things in the same way as doing an email marketing campaign, delivering a load of leaflets or booklets or whatever it might be to some addresses, whether it be personal homes or, or businesses and it being perceived as exactly that no no nobody wants to to deliver stuff to people who don't want to read it i think that's where graham uh, graham's made the point about the the lengths that companies now go to targeting to make to make the wastage factor as limited as possible but just to just to finish on on this point many years ago <clears throat> an mp complained about junk mail i actually spoke to this mp and he said well you know that all this all this unaddressed stuff all this junk mail going through people's doors he said i said well hang on you've just had an election you put out all all parties put out they do one free they're allowed one free yeah. drop aren't they graham to yeah. nationally uh, all so all the main parties were allowed one free drop i said you've used that and he said, he said, oh no, that's uh, that's an important part of democracy. I said, well, excuse me, but to to a woman on a to a single mum on a budget, Tesco's Tesco's or Sainsbury's coupons are more interesting than uh, than your your leaflet. Um, so, as and as you said, it's all about perception and it's all about relevance to the people who, oh, who are receiving it. But I I think. One of the the things I'm trying to drive here is that if you're Tesco's, um, of course, if Tesco's or Gashell or indeed Domino's want to be a sponsor of the show, then feel free to get in touch. You've had plenty of drops in this uh, in this show, so quite frankly, you're already are in debt to us. But um, those bigger companies are going to have data that allows them to do that. But if you're thinking about a local gardener or I don't know a printing company or or even a, a local shop. They're not going to have that data, are they? And they're maybe the kind of people who listen to this thinking, "I, I don't have that kind of database." How can they try and avoid falling into that that category or that person's mindset? What what can yeah, they I do, think, Graham? I, yeah, I still I still think um, as I said, as I said just now, I mean, I still think they have different ways of doing it, whether it be transactional data or whatever. But we. We've just done a literally a five thousand distribution for the dog grooming company that's just reopened their doors three hundred yards away from where I'm sitting now, and 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 the, the the young lady who runs it used to go to school with my twins, so there's there's a connection in the family, and, and our old dog used to go up there for trim. So we've known Rachel for years, and she and we and, and she just said to us, or she said to Neil, my son, you know, about doing a, a drop and this. Uh, 
And we literally you said you have at any client, if you have no if you have no perception of what your target market is and you have no data to share, but you as far as you're concerned, your business is local, we can offer you two different options. You can either say you're working from a fixed postcode point, this is where your shop is. We can either build you a plan which is based on distance, which might be one or two miles from your shop. And we'll tell you how many homes there are within one or two miles of your shop. And you can deliver to all of those, or we can then try and target some of the sectors within those. Or literally, and this is this is the more common route, is without being disrespectful to smaller local suppliers, and they're not all like this, but but once or twice a week, we will get an inquiry either ring in or or come in on the website from anywhere in the company saying the first words in the email are how soon can you and people go out and get 10,000 leaflets printed and then want them distributed and haven't got a clue what they're going to do with them so they come to us so the other thing we can do is pinpoint your location and then create you a map which is the nearest 10,000 homes to where you are so for, for and, and a lot of local people do that if and to be fair if, if people I suppose if you took one of the other local shops to me, and we've all got them. If you took some a plumber's merchant who would, you know, you, you would use to do any sort of plumbing in your house, there isn't any demographic bias probably to anything like that. Um, if you need a plumber, you need a plumber. So just doing the nearest 10,000 to where he is, it's all local, will probably work for them, you know. And and of course, I suspect. Would it, sorry, go on, go on, Chris. No, no, I was going to say, with your, with your gardening question, uh, Mark, I'm assuming that. Uh, that Graham's distributors could uh, <clears throat> could target visually, you know, if a, if a home hasn't got a garden or is a terraced property with a yard, um, they're not going to deliver. Um, yeah, I mean, if, it, if 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 something comes along and and, and, and there's a gen- the, the, the most common case just to omit flats for some for for whatever reason, yeah. gardens being a great example. Yes, with the teams, we can say we want you to do these, but these are the postal sectors we want you to work in but don't cover flats and use your own initiative. Um, it's a bit, I have to be honest and say it's a bit subjective, you know, but but it, it, it it's possible, but it wouldn't through through Royal Mail because you if you're going to use Royal Mail, one of the assurances that you get is that they will cover every household or flat in a given postal sector as long as you as the resident haven't opted out because you do have, through for Royal Mail door drops, as residents, we all have the opportunity to opt out of receipt. So going back to your, one of your junk questions, Mark, I was going to throw in a comment, is that through Royal Mail, you can go online and put your address into the Royal Mail facility to stop receiving unaddressed leaflets. Okay. But it's, sorry, it's a, it's a catch-all. You can't be selective. If you want to keep getting your pizza leaflets, but you don't want the refuse cycling leaflets, you can't choose what you want. It's all or nothing, you know. Yeah. We- the the other thing is within every sector there are uh, there are cowboys so it might be web designers or um what whatever that might be one of, one of the probably the most concerning elements that people might have about going in through this process and I, i'm sure certainly well i know by the virtue of the fact that you've had such a long relationship with Chris, that this you will have solutions to this problem. Um, but um, from the good old days of hearing your friends doing paper rounds and just lobbing the newspapers into the nearest bin and saying they've all been delivered, 
how do businesses sort of have that peace of mind and that assurance? Because, of course, using a reputable business is obvious, but how, everyone says the reputable. So how how, do, how can they distinguish? Have we got any expert tips that you can give for them to make sure that they know, they understand any accreditations that give them that peace of mind, GPS tracking or anything yeah. like that? That's with that you've you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, with it, it, Royal, Royal Mail is easy to talk about, you know, because obviously they are the largest final mail supplier. Because the postal worker has the legal responsibility to address to deliver address mail, and the way that the Royal Mail system works is that you start it's a week commencing date. You so you start on whatever Monday you want to, and they have a six day cycle which will start on the following Saturday. But as a, as a resident, you will get your unaddressed leaflets on the first day of that week in which you have addressed mail. It just sits in the cages in the delivery offices. So you can get it on Monday. But if you don't get any post until Friday, you'll get it Friday. And if no, if you don't get any post in that week, you will get it on Friday or Saturday uh, is the way the Royal Mail works. And it's not a perfect. There isn't a perfect science. Nobody can guarantee you it's going to be. Even postmen will make mistakes and, and everything else. It, but it's the best service there is. Yeah. If you go to Teams, I mean, it's changed significantly over the years that I've been in it and that, and, and that Chris was in it. I mean, there used to be days where uh, companies that sort of like, I mean, Chris and I did a lot of work together in days gone by. And there used to be something that was called back checking where, where Teams or they might have a management control where people would actually go around and knock on people's doors and say, have you had this leaflet through your door in the last few days? Recalled all the addresses. And, it, and then, I mean, we didn't used to necessarily provide them to clients uh, unless it was on application. Um, other client, other companies would just write, would have somebody observing distribution, would just write addresses down. That's pretty much disappeared off, off, of, the, off of the landscape now. But, but tracking, as you rightly mentioned, is something that's increasing. But again, it's got its own, there are two types of tracking. There's vehicle tracking and there's distributor tracking. And the vehicle tracking will just show where the, where the vehicle drives. The distributor tracking will obviously follow the route of the distributor. And, and that's a huge step forward. Not every distribution company has it. So anybody who's looking to do a door drop and you're ringing a local distribution. Yes, it is a, it is a key question to ask. But even, even the track, even without, without, even if they're on a perfect distribution, the tracking won't necessarily be perfect because sometimes the signal can flip in and out of on, on the tracker. So you, you, it doesn't always give you a, doesn't always necessarily, it should show you a zigzag effectively as everybody walks up and down garden paths, unless you're doing terrace property where you're literally just walking along a street putting things through because the front door's on the pavement. But it, 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 that's the way that that, that that side of the industry is moving. And, and yeah, anybody who's who's seeking to use a team, my recommendation would, would definitely be to ask if they've got tracking first before you necessarily go any further. But but some the, the, the warning that will come with that is that some, com some distribution companies will load their prices if you want tracking because your your basic distribution price will be for the cost of somebody going out and distributing the leaflets, down downloading all the tracking data can be quite a lengthy process, which some companies will charge for. So it's a it can be a bit swings and roundabouts to some degree. 
With 22 million UK users, LinkedIn offers a fabulous opportunity to find your ideal clients and to stay ahead of your competition. But what do these future clients currently find when they visit your profile? First impressions count. So, are you proud of your fantastic profile because it is client ready and written with them in mind? Or do you look at it and wonder how you could do better because you are not generating leads? My Marketing Guy works with those who want to take advantage of the amazing potential offered by LinkedIn. So, for more details, please email guy at mymarketingguy.co.uk to arrange an initial consultation. Remember, your next client is on LinkedIn. But I suppose, Elaine, this very much links into one of the things that we always bang on about in terms of analytics and um analyzing things don't just do it and then either assume it works or assume it doesn't work but start to compile data so graham's given a good example there of of being able to log and map where it is that you've distributed the leaflets making sure that you log incoming calls and ask that very important question of how did you find out about us or what prompted you to come into our store today so that you can either relate it back or link it to so that you've got something that enables you to analyze how effective a campaign it's been yeah without doubt and i don't know about you graham but that is one of the questions that a lot of people don't but they just don't know where the customers come from do they and it's that yeah. oh uh-huh. do you train your staff to ask that question um when people book with you whether it's for a meal or whatever, you know whatever it is it's quite surprising how many people just Say, oh yeah, well, well, business has gone up. We're we're not really sure as to where it came from, but it's gone up. It's it's really a big miss, isn't it? Without doubt. Oh, it's it, and it, and it, I mean, it's what I mean. It's now it's now got a fancy title in our industry called attribution, which I suppose is probably <laughs> the right thing to call it. But it, but it, and it, and it, but it does vary by size. I mean, you're absolutely right, Elaine. With a smaller user. Quite often we will get a call saying, are you sure the leaflets went out last week? Because we, we've not seen an immediate spike in footfall or sales. And you can ask a series of questions. One of the interesting questions is always, have you seen a spike of visitors to your website? Quite often you'll get an answer, yes. And, and so your second question is, did you do anything else alongside the door drop? Did you promote it on Facebook or Instagram or anything else? So no, 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 we just did the door drop. So well, what would you attribute the spike on your website to then? you know is a is a is a start point and one of the other things as well is what a lot what a lot of local people fail to do is either to put any sort of response mechanism into it in terms of what might be an inset some sort of incentive even if it was you know if you were a kitchen installer even if it's just the offer of a free inspection or if it's a five pound off or whatever if there's there's something you can monitor it to and it's only on the door drop then, then you get and if you if you haven't timed anything, you know as you rightly said, I think just now, Elaine. I mean, it might be that something might come through your door that you've got no interest in at all. Yeah. Secondly, you might actually get something come through your door that might be on a Thursday or a Friday of a week, and it interests you, but you're not necessarily going to rush down the shops on Saturday morning to use it. But you'll have it, you'll keep it, and then you might go in a week or so's time. So. Yeah. tail what we call the tail on door drops the, going back to my legacy stories that i keep bringing back the tail on legacy leaflets is years yeah. that you know we we can we for, for one of our clients we always do a large distribution in march 
but they're still receive they will still be receiving response for that, albeit limited, very limited. Yeah. They'll still be receiving response yeah. from that like next year. But it's the sort of thing, legacy leaflets, it's the sort of thing that you say, Yeah, I'm gonna do that, and you'll put it in a drawer. And the next time you go to that draw, you'll remember it might be the next time you go to that draw might be next year. But with larger clients, our, our one of the other issues we face, and I won't tell you who this client is, in, just in case they're listening, they're probably unlikely to. But uh, we we've literally distributed millions of leaflets for quite a, a big name, and they 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 do anything and everything in terms of advertising on all sorts of online stuff and and social media, etc., etc., etc. And, and they try to attribute the leads that they get. And door drop always um, comes out quite badly. And we've never believed that the, the distribution has actually performed that badly, not in all areas. Mm. And you, we have conversations about, well, why will, that, why will the leaflet perform well in that area, but not that area, and, and go through everything else now. And we eventually got to a stage where we, we actually got a meeting with the guy who is the head of their attribution sort of thing. And we they shared a lot of response data with us. And Google second click was top of the pile as far as they were concerned. But we tracked hundreds and hundreds of responses over a 12-week period after a drop had been done. That came, the, 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 the responses were within were postal sectors that we covered on the door drop. But they've been allocated to Google Click and not Door Drop. And um, when we posed the question, because the, whilst they're quite a big company, they're not the best known in their field. And 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 Neil and I sat in a meeting with a guy, and we said, "Can we just ask you a question?" And he said, "Yeah." But if the leaflet comes through my door and I want to take my, make take advantage of your service, but I've, I've not actually heard of you or I'm not really familiar with you, what's the first thing that you would do? And 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 he, and he said, "What did you mean?" I said, "Well, I said." I, I would probably Google you and, and, and then go on your website. And, he, and I said, yeah, so, so what is that second click? Firstly, I go onto Google and then I click through to your website. Is, and you, but you, are, you, are you allocating that, that, that action to Google second click? And he said, yeah. I said, but if it's the door drop that's prompted them to go onto Google to do the second click, shouldn't it be allocated to door drop? And he went, well, yeah, possibly. And I'm going, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's more than possibly. <laughs> and Can I just ask a question, Gray? Do you, what, so do you, how do you manage people's expectation then? Because that's with any type of marketing or advertising, people have, have a figures in their head. How do you manage that with people? It, it's the million. It's a great question. It's a million dollar question. Is what can I expect? And 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 Chris will have ample experience of this over the years as well. Is we you, you, at best you can give a raise. Some, sometimes it's easy on on things like FMCG coupons. It, it I won't say it's easy, but it, it's it, it's doable because because of the experience that we've got, we can give a range. It says well on this type of activity, it was this percent, that percent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. After that, it starts to become quite difficult. But it's where we you you can you can make suggestions about perhaps increasing sales or whatever. But that it would only be based on experience that we've had with other with other customers, yeah. and those those experiences are not necessarily always transferable. So it is a bit, to be honest, it's a bit like putting your finger in the air. But that's why we always suggest to people that they that you know testing is a big big mantra of ours in terms of do do it but do it in different ways i mean the first, if somebody was going to do it for the first time it, you could use one channel you could put twenty thousand leaflets out through royal mail 
and it doesn't work. And, and there are lots and lots of people in the world who've done it once and walk away saying door drop doesn't work for me, which is wrong because what you should actually do is perhaps do it again. And, and, and door drop is great because it's planned at postal sector level. If you want to be clever, you can. You, we can deliver different creative elements within the, within the same distribution. So you can test two different offers and two different creatives. You can do you can distribute in different ways. You don't want to make the matrix too complicated. But I will always say to people that you know if it hasn't worked first time, don't you know don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. Give it another crack. Do something different and see see whether it works. And, and and if you don't offer an incentive, we we did do some work for somebody earlier in the year who's come back and said I've actually had no response at all. But, but when I'd spoken to his agency, unfortunately, the wonders of folders, I had kept my, I kept my email and I'd said in the creative that here are like four or five key points that you need to put on the leaflet. Um, things like a hook made me come in. What are you offering me? And that. But there were things on there they hadn't even put the website address of the store on the leaflet and everything else, you know, fundamental errors. And I said, the guy and the client then rang me. I said, well, I did, I did go. And he said, well, can you send me the email? And he was got ordered on the road but when i sent him the email he did have it was good enough to ring me back and went yeah you're right you know i'll take it out of the agency but he's never come back and done it again it, and you know so it's, it's it's one 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 strike and you're out with some people you know yeah and and graham mentioned something chris there which we again bang on about on a weekly basis uh, which is making it form part of a wider plan so don't necessarily do it in isolation either do it on the back of or as part of a campaign it might be a social media advertising campaign and then a leaflet yeah. drop which are one and the same and so people will see it online and then see it in physical form at the same same time and then to yeah. measure those results together and put them together don't look at them in isolation because of course they are there to work together so someone might have responded to the social media ad not because they saw it on social media but because it was something familiar that they'd seen drop through their door a couple yeah. of days earlier i think you've said it there. i think that familiarity and graham's examples earlier of something a product appearing on the television followed up followed up by a leaflet through the door you you you're warmed up to it by then isn't it uh sorry Warmed up to it, isn't it? Warmed up to it then, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I normally say. <laughs> uh, so, so you, you're that much more that much more recipient to uh, recipient to. You're that much more receptive to. Uh, to I'm going to edit this one. <laughs> you're that much more receptive to to the leaflet if you've seen it on on other on other media. But it's it's like all sorts of things. I mean, we. With with some digital marketing campaigns, I do. I'll, I'll approach people on LinkedIn by message, and then ring them. By which time they they know the they know the name, they know the hopefully they've remembered the message and so on and so forth. So it's it's about integrating all sorts of different uh, media for the for the greater good. And yes, it should all be it should it should be the whole pot rather than divide it between us. As Graham said earlier, Google. Yeah, I think I think, and, I think that I, I endorse everything Chris has said, Mark. But I've been, but on a smaller local basis, I would, I would said well, I would say again what I said earlier is that if if you're a small local plumber 
and most of your business comes through Facebook, if you share customer data with us so that we know where the people that are using your service are coming from, that's only through Facebook, we can build you a distribution area to distribute a leaflet to. So when you then long, when you go live on Facebook, it's, it has the same effect as a, as a national TV campaign. You're hitting all your customers through Facebook and we're putting the leaflets through people's doors in the same area. So those those Facebook your existing Facebook customers or or interested people interested in you should see the leaflet, but so do everybody else in their area. So Graham, what what sort of five top tips would you give to people, just sort of as an overview of of what we've discussed? Um, is, this, think... is this startups, Mark, or is this doing it for the first time, or or experienced people? Take your pick. Right. <laughs> Well, to be to be fair, some of the tips, Mark, uh, 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 would 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 be the same irrespective of size. Whether it be you might, if you're if you're somebody who wants to do millions across the UK, or somebody who wants to do ten thousand on the Wirral, it, 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 it's the same. I mean, my, my my first tip would be that is not to don't 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 assume anything, and and seek guidance before you 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 start down the line. We we the the plug for me is if you like is we are special we are the only company of our type in the UK where we we will do all the, we will put all the planning science into it but we don't offer any what I call final mile delivery so we sub subcontract all of our clients work to Royal Mail or local team companies across the UK free newspapers whatever mix we decide to use. But, but one of the big things goes back to my analogy of the phone calls to saying, I've got 10,000 leaflets in my office. How soon can you put them out? It probably would have been a good idea to, to ring and, and ask before you print the leaflets, how quickly can you get them out once they're printed um, rather than lose a couple of days when, when, when they're in your office. And is 10,000 the right quantity? Do you need that many or should you be doing more? Uh, you know, where do you want them? Have you, how, why, why are you going to cover the area? So you need to go. And to be fair, there's a lot of good local distribution companies out there who should be able to give you good local service and, and, and provide you with, with that level of information. So it's ask the, ask the questions before you, you go to the expense of designing and, 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 and particularly printing the leaflet. One other aspect of that is timing. I mean, if you're, you know, over the years, we've done all sorts of work for people like we've got some work coming up for dance schools in uh, supposedly at the at the end of August, provided they're allowed to open in at the beginning of, of, of September. Um, but it's about recruiting you know, mums to take their or enroll their young kids at dance schools. And, and in previous years, we've had situations where they the, the dance school will open on a given Monday. And they want to their distributions start there for the week before, not realising that if you want to put 20,000 leaflets out, it might take a week to get them out. So the distribution might not finish until the Friday. So the following Monday, the phone rings and says, I haven't had a great deal of response yet. Perhaps you probably should have done your leaflet distribution a week before you planned it. So it's that, that type of thing. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's don't, you know, it's always best to ring somebody who who is in the business and and take advice before you get too far down the line uh, and in our show notes you've got jick mail down um as 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 something that you'd you wanted to just mention do you want to explain that to the listeners 
Yeah, Jig, Jig Mao is is probably the best thing that's happened to, to to my industry in the last two years. It's only been around for two years, and it's a database which is is controlled by a panel of a thousand people spread over the UK, equally split between by gender, split over age ranges, and then household composition in in terms of. Just, just couples like myself and my wife living at home, as opposed to couples with young families, different levels of affluence. So it truly reflects the whole spectrum of people across the UK. And these people were asked to recall all the door drop items, the unaddressed items that come through their door in, in, in any given month. And they're also to recall, asked to recall all their actions and, and what they do with the leaflets. And it's one of the interesting things where you where the credit this when we were talking earlier on about junk mail, there inevitably will be some of the data will show that people will receive the leaflet and don't do anything with it because it's it's of, of no interest to them. I've, I've made some notes. Farm foods uh, are one of the people where there's a case history on the website, which is which is freely available just to anybody click on the showcase page and, and it, the data will be there. But but the, the the findings from a panel of a thousand people was that the farm foods leaflets was kept in, in in people's houses for eighteen days. During that period there were an average of five interactions with it. So people said they picked it up and they looked at it five times. And most importantly, there were two commercial actions from it. And, it's, and, and with, that's just as one example. There are other, there are other examples for like British Gas, where, there, where there's evidence that, that, there's, that there's, there's evidence that at its peak that, that some people interact with the leaflet five times on the same day. I don't know why. I'm not quite sure why they need five visits to read it. But and what it what it what it's doing is providing companies like us with with even more science and even more data. Where, where Elaine was asking about, you know, um, what, what do people do? How do they use it? What information? Because in, in time, this, this, sorry, I should have said that the panel does change on, on a, on a, is changed on a frequent basis. So it's not the same thousand people or thousand homes month on month. The panel is regularly changed. So it's a rolling cycle. But as that cycle starts to develop, so far, it's been a free service and anybody can access the data. But now the data is becoming robust and meaningful. People like ourselves now now subscribe. We are a subscriber to it. And we, we have to pay an annual license fee to use the data. But it would now mean that if you were a competitor, to arguably, to farm foods and came to us for a distribution plan, we can access that sort of data and part of, again, part of what Elaine's asked, we can actually be saying to you that, we, that our experience through other customers, not necessarily our customers, but other users of the medium, this is the sort, these are the sorts of results that they've, they've achieved. So um, I have to say it's more for the larger regional national user than the local user. But you could still draw comfort from it. I mean, if there's an independent frozen food shop in, in Birkenhead that is thinking about doing it, then farm foods, would, the data would be relevant to them. But, you know, it's, so it's, you can extrapolate natural, natural data down. And yeah. it's, one of the, it's one of the best things that happened, has happened to, for us for, for, for years, I have to say. Fantastic. Does anyone have any other questions they want to ask? 
no, I don't have any more questions, but um, that's been really, really interesting, actually. Um, definitely picked up a few things out of that that I didn't know, so that's really good. So thank you for that, Graham. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is one of those things. I mean, if you go back to right where we came from, and you know, talk, talking of the the sort of the junk element, it is, it is the you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder to 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 a very large degree. Chris said something early on that is, is was 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 very relevant in in terms of people not receiving things or receiving things. You know, one of one of my favourites is we do a lot of public sector work. One of my favourite responses when we get the odd complaint that a local councillor didn't receive a copy is I love it when I find out he's on the Royal Mail opt-out list um, because it's the perfect out. And, and as Chris rightly said, and, and I have a favourite story of, of a West Country council that we used to work for that we don't work for anymore, where I'd, I'd gone all through it with the marketing department and the councillor actually then rang me a couple of weeks afterwards and was really quite aggressive on the telephone sort of thing. And, and, and I had the same conversation as Chris said, and, and, and I said, but, you know, you've opted out. And, and he said, well, I don't want to receive all the junk that I get through. I just, I just want to receive the council. The council magazine isn't junk, was his mantra. And I had to choose my words very carefully and sort of try to say to him, that's actually your opinion. There will be people that live in your council area who might not share that opinion. I might be using the Domino's leaflet. I think the council, the council magazine is junk, each to his own, and and that's that's just so true. And you know, as I said again, as I said earlier, all these people that have been doing it for decades wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't working. You know, hundred percent, absolutely. Chris, have you got any more questions? No, I think Graham's been been very comprehensive. I mean, the message is from 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 his point of view that the uh, the printed media is is not dead it's alive and well and can be integrated with all the other stuff as well indeed so if people want to get in touch with you graham and they want to know a bit more or perhaps use your services how can they get in touch with you well the the the, the website the, the new website will be up very shortly but the, the website address is um, www.letterboxconsultancy all one word all lowercase.com and and that that's up to date. We have a that will give you a history of who we are, what we do. One of the most interesting pages on there is our is our news page, um, where there's just a whole series of blogs that Neil and I have written over the last year or so, um, which will answer a lot of people's questions. It will challenge people in terms of if if just just to talk about price for a minute. If you if you ask me a question, if I wanted to put leaflets out you know, just on their own, how much would it cost me? I'd probably give you a range of anything between 75 and £85 a thousand. There will be people out there that will sell you that service for £50 a thousand. I recommend you probably not to use them for a whole variety of reasons, probably not best to wear at the moment. But there is a blog that compares the distribution output to people paying minimum wage. And if, if you just think about if you would deliver, how many leaflets do you think you can deliver in an hour? And how much would you like to be paid for that hour? And that forms your direct cost. So there, there are, there's a lot of information on there. So if anybody goes on there and just fills out uh, any sort of, of form, um, Neil, they come into both Neil and I in terms of the inquiries. And then one of us will just pick it up and, and get back to the people from there. Fantastic. Uh, well, uh, if you uh, if if you do have any uh, questions, do get in touch with Graham. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, of course, uh, there are other well, 
there's another 23 other episodes to go back and listen to, uh, which you can check out on the podstation.co.uk forward slash go fish. You can also find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Give us a subscribe, and then when the latest episode drops, it should download onto your device. Uh, give us a five-star review, or any re- any review of any kind will be much appreciated, but preferably of the five-star variety. Uh, you can also send us an email to gofish at thepodstation.co.uk if you've got a topic you want to suggest, if you've got any questions or something that you'd like us to raise or touch upon at any point and give us a follow on social media we're on all of the main platforms so facebook twitter instagram linkedin that's go underscore fish marketing so check those out as well so for now i think we'll uh, we'll draw a line under this episode guys thank you very much for joining us graham it's been uh, fascinating and uh, very much appreciated uh, yeah, and, thanks, and elaine and chris thank you for your help as always good stuff Bye Thank for you. now. Thank you. Bye. Get social at go underscore fish marketing on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.